Hey listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. Tonight, let's get the boys out here. His name is Corey Kevin. His name is John Sieber and Kevin James Doyle. The Bradshaw Boys! Hello! Thank you for coming. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing? Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Bell House, everyone. I gotta say... If you're listening to the live podcast right now, uh, it feels great, but I'm sorry you couldn't be here for a show of 46,000 people. It's crazy to be in Giant Stadium right now. Wow. Madison Square Garden, here we are. Oh my gosh. Truly Barclays Center. Wow. Uh, how's it going, guys? How many people here have uh, listened to our podcast, The Bradshaw Boys? Wow. How many people here have listened to our podcast, The Bradshaw Boys, and never interacted with us ever? All right. You, look at that. Who are you? Thank you. Thanks for coming. Is that true? That's Kevin. That's like a, like real fans, you know? It's kind of like... She's like, I work at the Bell House. <laughs> I have to be here because I'm training. <laughs> uh... Uh, uh, the rest of it, I was like, wow, we have, we have a lot of friends. That's cool. Know so. um, great to see you guys. Thanks for coming. We are the Bradshaw Boys. Happy, uh, happy 20th birthday to Sex in the City. That's right. Happy 20th birthday to Sex in the City. A lot of Sex in the City fans out there? Every- Anyone never seen Sex in the City? Dad, I know you're wow. out there. I know you're out there. The, um, w- we came up with the... Um, we came up with the idea for this podcast on, on a, very, a very odd, exciting night that was last summer. Yep. So it was, yeah. it was coming up on a year ago, and uh, we randomly all met in Midtown um, because y- you had backstage. I had a roof stage. We, had, we have a friend who is a future podcast guest, yeah. our friend uh, that works in entertainment tonight, Jackie Willis. <laughs> she... Uh, gets into everything, kind of, I guess, how Samantha would in the show. And uh, so she got us these, like, tickets to this rooftop party, and John and I were going to hang out. So John and I went to this rooftop party at a place called Q3. And uh, It's a lot like Balzac. It's like, it's like Balzac, yeah. which is in the show. The- um, but uh, we went to Q3, we hung out and got drinks, and we started talking, and I was like, one thing about me, I mean, we've, we're friends, so it's yeah. not like I just tell you facts about me when we hang out, but... I was like, one thing I like to do is I love to watch shows about New York. Like, I used to love Bored to Death, and I love a lot of other New York shows. And I really like watching Sex in the City, but I've only seen, like, five episodes. And 
I had recently gotten married, and my wife is a huge Sex and the City fan. And so it's, it's on frequently in the background, and I caught myself pausing in between chores a little bit to watch the show and find myself enjoy it. And uh, I said, Corey, I'm also a fan of Sex and the City. And I was like, I'm never, I, I don't want to marry your wife. She makes you do chores while she watches TV. <laughs> And I had, I had told you, too, I was like, one thing, I'd had this joke where I was like, the thing I realized about myself is uh, one night I caught myself drinking red wine, eating dark chocolate, and watching Sex and the City and realized that if I were in a movie, I would be my own female doppelganger. <laughs> so we bonded over that. I texted them. I was like, I texted Corey. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm getting drinks with John in Midtown. And I was like, I'm on my bike. I'm coming. And he's like, you're not invited. I was like, doesn't matter. I'm already here. <laughs> Can Jackie get me in? I'm already on the roof. <laughs> um, then we ended up staying out till 3.30. We went to an Irish bar after, mm -hmm. and we just drank. On a school night. On a school night. Yeah, Everyone school had worked the next day. It was just mm -hmm. this magical night, and I had my bike. Corey had his bike. We went in to get pizza to this one place, and I didn't have my lock on me. Or I didn't think I needed my lock. I could see my bike from the thing, and then we saw. Right in the doorway. It was right, right there. It right in the doorway. It was like, if anyone touches it, like, I'll be able to get up and go be like, hey, don't touch my bike. Totally unprepared for what that means if you yell at someone, like, don't touch my bike. Um, this is so also 3.30 in the morning after, like, two bars deep. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, don't touch my bike. So <laughs> someone, my motor skills were low, and someone grabbed my bike, and I was like, I was like, whoa, and we totally froze. I was like, someone's, someone, someone's touching my bike. And they're like, someone's touching your bike? Whoa, what do we do? <laughs> So then we got up and we we ran out of the we ran out of the pizza place and like I we did look like a small mob. There was like three guys being like, "Hey!" But the thing is, like, when you run at someone grabbing something of yours, you have to then approach them and be there and be like, "Hey, that's my bike." And yeah. then they're like, "Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm so going to take it away from right. you." So it's my bike now. Um, we, I found him on Instagram. This 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 guy that we ended up meeting. He he stood up. He was eating pizza. He threw it down. He stood up. He went outside, and he's like, "Hey, get off his bike!" He starts <laughs> screaming at him. We were like, "Who are you?" He's like, "I'm Quentin T. Thomas," and we're like, "What?" <laughs> and he just starts screaming at him. Totally defends us and sits down with us. And we're like, "Who are you?" He's like, "I'm in musical theater. I live here in Hell's Kitchen. And you know what? I worked in the military. No one's gonna fuck with you and your bike." And we're like, "We love you, man." <laughs> It's great. Is Quincy <laughs> Thomas here? Oh, oh man. He's out saving I bikes. Him on, I invited him on Instagram last night, and I thought, you know, like, I just, I wonder if, if he'll be here. Quincy Thomas is always here, if He's you know what I mean. He's always here. Yeah. Um, so, so then we woke up the next day. We were like, remember that crazy night and that one idea we had about that podcast? And here we are. Yeah, we decided to watch Sex and the City all the way through. Originally, it was going to be all the way through in one sitting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is, it's a very long podcast. It's episode. 93 hours long. Yeah. So we decided not to do that. But that now we're cool. here. It's just like, we'll do it Friday to Sunday. Like, why wouldn't we do that? That sounds like a great Damn. idea. We have a very exciting show planned. We have giveaways. We have special guests. We're going to be reading scenes from the show. We are going to be doing that. And uh, we should probably, we should probably read one right now. What do you think? Yeah. Let's awesome. read one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Perfect. read one right now. So here we go. I'm not... I'm not sure how familiar everyone is with the show. I know we have some fans in the house, but we're going to start out by reading uh, one of our favorite scenes from the first episode in which we meet uh, a character, Capote Duncan. 
Does now, anyone know who Capote Duncan is before I will we say, read this? Okay. I will say this. Jeremy needs, uh, we got a lot of crap for thinking Capote Duncan was like the best character ever in the pilot, but there was an article on The Cut, um, the, the blog, and they did an entire interview with the actor that plays him, Jeff Nordlinger, and talked about, he said he was supposed to be on Sex and the City for the entire series, but he lived in LA and he's like, I can't, I can't move to New York. Like I'm having a kid right now. And he's like, and now like that could have been my TV show, but instead Capote Duncan was supposed to be the fifth character. Okay. So we didn't, we didn't exaggerate him. Okay. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So Jeremy is going to be our stage direction. I think it's only fair that you play Capote. Oh, stop. Um, Gosh. Who do you want to play, Carrie or Charlotte? Ooh. All right. I'll play Charlotte. And I'll play I'll play. It Carrie. was picked for me. So I think I'll just do a voiceover. All right, so uh, Jeremy, you want to kick us off? Yeah, uh, here we go. Ooh. Exterior, the Met Stairs evening. Charlotte and Capote Duncan walked down the stairs in formal black tie attire. Meanwhile, Charlotte York was passing the most splendid evening with Capote Duncan. Want to come back to my place and see the Ross, the Ross Blechner? Uh, I'd love to, but it's getting late. No problem. <laughs> Jeremy. Charlotte stops and pulls Capote's arm close to her. Uh, what year was it painted again? Capote smiles. He's got her. 1989. Though Charlotte was determined to play hard to get, she didn't want to end the evening too abruptly. Well, maybe just for a minute. They walk off together, Capote with his arm around Charlotte. Interior, Capote's apartment, moments later. This could easily go for a hundred grand. Ross is so hot right now. It's beautiful. <laughs> no, you're beautiful. <laughs> He starts to kiss her neck. <sighs> oh, uh, thank you for tonight. Yeah. I had a wonderful time. Well, it was my pleasure. Um, uh, uh, hey, well, hey uh, I have to get up really early tomorrow. I'll get you a cab. Capote smiles and walks off. Charlotte told me later she thought that she had played the entire evening flawlessly. Exterior, New York City streets, outside Capote's apartment, minutes later. Um, so, what are you doing next Saturday? Oh, uh, that's Capote's that's line, sorry. <laughs> so, what are you doing next Saturday? I thought you'd never ask. I'm having dinner with you. Hey, they, la they laugh and kiss. Hey, uh, wait, wait, you're going to the west side, right? Uh, yeah, right, uh, driver, please, uh, West 4th and Bank. Hey, scoot over, will ya? Capote gets in the cab. Two stops, 4th and Bank, and West Broadway and Broom. The uh, cab takes off. Charlotte thinks, looks at Capote, and then... You're going to Club Chaos? Uh, yeah. Why? Look, I understand where you're coming from, and I totally respect it, but, um, I really need to have sex tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Capote Duncan. Capote Duncan. You know... Crazy that character didn't stick around. That was, uh, that was our first read-through. We're going to have to up our read-through game, and I promise we will, but I feel like we could up the energy by giving something away now. Woo! Should we give something Woo! away? Yes. Here's, here's the first question of the night. This is, you have to be a deep Sex in the City fan to understand this, and I'm going to be giving away something very special, okay? This is something that I discovered, and it, is, uh, it was written by Candace Bush Bushnell, 
who wrote wrote the book. Who did Carrie Bradshaw lose her virginity to? Mr. Big. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a twist? <laughs> Any guesses? Any guesses? Anyone want to raise their hand and think about the context of this question? Um, yes, right there. What? Wow. So wait, I don't know. Spoiler alert! I don't know if they could hear that on the podcast, but she said it's a guy in a mental institution later on. I, I'm going to take one more guess, and I want you to think about the context of where this question comes in our show. Yes? Oh, yeah. And it was two, and this is true, and you guys don't know this. In high school, she lost her virginity to Mr. Capote Duncan. What? That is 100% true. Really? Yes. Yes. In, Are you no. sure? In the Carrie Diaries, they go back, and she lost her virginity to Capote Duncan. So look, I won the prize. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> who should we give the prize to? Um, who was the closest the in that yeah. context? Right back come on up, ping pong, pong table. table. Yeah, come on up, ping if pong table. If anybody disputes that, you can look it up. But she did lose her virginity to Capote Duncan. I That's knew that Capote Duncan true. supposedly comes back in the Carrie Diaries. Yeah, what was in the bat? What did you give her? Oh, it's uh, it's an SJP tote. Sorry, it's in. It's from the SJP collection. It's a beautiful tote, and it's very strong and sturdy. So you can actually put lots of stuff in there. It's you can even put a pair of shoes in there. Sorry if I got you excited and you thought it was a pair of SJP shoes. Thank you very much. Shoes. Strong and sturdy. Uh, let's bring our first guest out. Yes. Uh, our first guest has actually been a guest on our podcast. She was our first guest on our podcast. Um, she is a lifestyle blogger. She is an Instagram celebrity. She is an Adidas ambassador. She is a good friend of all of ours throughout the years. Let's bring out our first guest. Shanae Alexander. Everybody. Oh, hello, Shanae. Hey, Shanae. Can you hear me? Thanks for a coming. A little bit? No. Yeah. Can you hear yourself? No. Better that way. Yeah, it's fine. You, you make sure you use that mic. You do need to speak into the so, mic. So, um, Shanae, what uh, what episode were you on with our our podcast? I was on episode six, Secret Sex. Mm. Oh. Which was a very iconic episode. Do you guys remember? It's Carrie's bus episode, also naked dress episode. Oh yeah. Thank totally. you. Um, uh, this is my first question because your career is basically f in fashion and, and branding through like Instagram. Right. What What do you feel like? Um, what do you think it would be? What would Carrie's job be with the internet now? Mm. What like how would mm. what would her like living look like? Because she wouldn't be writing for the New York Observer, I'm assuming. She'd probably do what I do, but be way better at it. <laughs> why do you say yeah. that? Yeah. Why do you say that? Because she's been she's been doing it for a while, and like. She's more in the fashion realm. I think she would be, she would actually probably have been like on the front cusp of doing blogging. Yeah, She's, yeah. She might have been like a man repeller, but like sadder. Because like no one really likes Carrie that much. <laughs> so you said this when you were on the show that you yeah. were like, Carrie is the worst. She's kind of the worst. Does anyone agree with that? She's sort of whiny. I mean, she definitely has the best fashion other than Samantha end of, end of show <laughs> because of her earrings. Um, I also am wearing this outfit inspired by Samantha. So. I did want to say that. We did want to point out your outfit because yeah. you look great and you said that it is, it's inspired by later Later days Samantha. Samantha because I was mistaken because I hadn't watched the first season of Sex and City in a while and I re-watched the first 
kind of season. I was like, wait, their style was legit very bad. Um, <laughs> Samantha was very basic. She was wearing like nude power suits. So I'm like late, late season Samantha right now. Miranda always kind of looked like she was ready to go to Lowe's. <laughs> Which was foreshadowing yeah. for real life. Uh-huh. <laughs> she did. She did wear a lot of turtlenecks. Yeah. Yeah, but it, she wasn't. She she didn't do the provocative things, so that makes like her like run for office like a little bit more clean, you know. Yeah. Do you feel like they didn't understand like how big fashion was going to be in the show, or do you think it was like a budgetary thing? Budgetary, totally. Okay. As budgets grew, they're like, I'm like, how does Carrie write for the Observer and like has Manolos? I don't understand. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure. What a setup, right? Yeah. Do you, have a, do you own Manolos? No. Manolos are very passe now. Anyone agree oh. with that? I like that you don't own them because they're not can ex- I, can they're I expensive. Ask you a follow-up you're just like, question? they're lame. Yeah. Do you own a pair of Crocs? <laughs> I'm not a Miranda. Uh-huh. No, Miranda, if she was like in this day and age, she definitely would have worn Crocs. <laughs> yeah. She would have been That's, wrong. They're very the comfortable. Harshest insult anyone's ever thrown down. When the Croc store moved across from the Chanel store in Soho, I almost died. <laughs> I died a mini fashion death. And then I texted John. Because <laughs> well, you're a Croc fan, right, John? Huge. Well, I was until she told me I had to throw them away when I moved to New York. And along with doing chores, I listened to what my friends say about their fashion. So, True. Wait, what did your Crocs look like when you had them? Were they like Mat- Mario Batali? I they mean, Mario like- Batali is not great right now. I have I have Mario Batali Crocs because I dressed up for him for Halloween a few years ago. And it's so funny because I always saw him and I was like, would see him and I would always be like, oh, yeah. Maybe I'll do that costume again one day. Now I see him nope. and I'm just like, ooh, whoa, gotta you, throw those you, away. Can I also bring up the fact that you uh, also dressed up as Louis C.K.? Louis C.K., yeah. yeah. It was like... You trashed your Bill Cosby costume for this year, right? <laughs> yeah. Although I gotta say, like, I gotta say, I can't wait till you put on 75 pounds of dress with Weinstein this year. <laughs> it, it's like... You're gonna look great. It was, it was rough. Just hitting it right out of the after, park. Right after the Louis thing happened... Like, everyone was like, your costume's ruined. And then the day the Batali thing happened, like, my phone was just blowing up <laughs> from, like, everyone. They were You're like, a prophet. Yeah, I dressed up as Bob Ross just a few years ago. Just do not dress Some up like Tom like, Hanks this year. Yeah, do not exactly. do it. <laughs> yeah, I think you're the one that needs to stay away from dressing. You're the harassment yeah, yeah. whisperer. Um, we were talking about fashion, and I want to talk about this earlier because we were talking about, uh, I'm switching the conversation to me because we are talking about bikes mm. when we started. And we were talking about you we were talking about bikes when because the reason we all got together, we were saying some guy almost stole me and Kevin's bikes one night. Oh, right, and then right. we were talking about sex and city. We were talking about fashion. Um, and some of you might notice that I uh, am am wearing this uh, shirt like a veteran or something. Like I like I'm coming back from the war. I do respect our veterans. It's very Sorry. civil war. It's very civil war. It's like an old civil yeah. war vet. But I did actually <laughs> I did just bring, for us, guys. Yeah, so uh, I broke my collarbone and my elbow, but I figured I would... Uh, look, at it shines like this. Look at that. That's so nice. That's great, isn't it? Yeah. All right, that's it. I just wanted to show off my, my sparkly... Uh, Who made that for line. you? Uh, I got it as a gift from someone. I got it as a gift from someone. Did they know you were, you were going to do this show? They, no, they didn't. It can was we, just happenstance. Can we talk about the gift I brought you guys? I just want to get credit for it again. Did you bring us a gift? <laughs> yes, she did. She brought us a gift the first episode. I got you she came your out. first spot. That's why your skin yes. looks so beautiful. Yes, Tell us about your gift. Well, okay. I wanted you to brag about it on my behalf, but I did get them their first sponsorship Ooh. from a company called Mask Bar. That is and true. I sent them face masks because I said no like Sex and the City watcher should watch without a face mask. That's right. Every single show we watch it, we someone brings white or red wine, we put on face masks, and then we sit back 
And we're just like, guys, like, I'm so and they happy. Lo- they look especially awkward because they stick to the upper halves of our face. But yeah. since we have all beards, they kind of just, <laughs> just flap like, like yeah. the back of Bobby, truck like flap, like mud flaps. We do really look bad. like big catfish or something yeah. like that with our gills <laughs> flapping in the wind. Which but is uh, how you're supposed to watch Sex and City, which is big I old jolly off, flapping. I cut off the bottom of mine and then I put it on top of my head because I'm bald. <laughs> I'm just like, are you kidding? My scalp needs to be nice great. and soft. Are you kidding? It's very yeah. moisturized. It's not wonders, man. All right, I, I have a pretty, I think I have a good question. Okay. I thought of this last night. Modern, you know Modern Seinfeld? It's like a Twitter account. A lot of people talk about it. Modern Sex sure. in the City episode. Give us a few storylines that you think would be good modern Sex in the City episodes with like technology and things we deal with now. Yeah. I mean, I think like online dating, of yeah. course, like app dating, but I actually would like to see the more fringe apps, like the farmer one, like when farmers meet. Um, also, I, I've seen like a lot of um, Hasidic Jewish guys on Twitter. I mean, on Tinder. So that would be like definite storyline. It would definitely be a Charlotte thing. Yeah, yeah. She'd be like, "You're really religious, and I can wear my cardigans." It would be great. Um, <laughs> speaking of Hasidic Jewish people, is anyone here? Hasidic Jew? Do we have? Stand up if you are. <laughs> So, uh, do you guys know the episode in season one with Shmuel where Charlotte and... Sh- yeah. Is it Charlotte and Shmuel hook up? Yeah. You know, the, does anyone watch Barry on HBO? The, the guy one in guy. Barry who's the, the bald guy who's one of the assassins... Is in, Charlotte. And that is, is Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, it's Kristen Davis. And she... No, it's the guy that plays Shmuel in Sex in the City. So, he dipped for a little bit and now he's back on Barry. So. Wasn't he also in True Detective? True Detective, yeah. So I wouldn't HBO call that a dip. I think that guy's not going to I'm going to say he did not peek at Shmuel. <laughs> Are we having I don't know scene? if it was a dip. All right. You uh, ready Sinead, for do you want to read a scene a with one. us? Would you like to read a Sex in the City scene sure. with us? Who All am right. I? Uh, you want to be Carrie? Why not? Am I the Carrie voiceover or am I just Carrie or both? You're Carrie and Carrie voiceover. Okay. A lot of pressure. Okay. All right. Uh, Jeremy, you will play stage directions. Okay, great. You're a good Charlotte. You stick with Charlotte. I want you to play that's, Skipper. That's an insult. Skipper? You're Skip. Oh my gosh. I'll, I'll, play, I'll play Miranda. All right. Here we go. Interior, Manhattan coffee shop, night. The camera follows Skipper carrying two lattes to a table where Carrie is sitting with an ashtray full of cigarette butts. Later that night, Skipper Johnson met me for a coffee and confessed a shocking intimate secret. Thank you. Do you know it's been like a year? Really? I don't understand that. You're such a nice guy. That's the problem. You know, I, I, I'm too nice, you know? I'm such a romantic. I just have so much feeling. Are you sure you're not gay? No, I'm sensitive. And I don't objectify women. You know, most guys, when they meet a girl for the first time, the first thing they see is, um, um, you know. Pussy? Oh, God! Oh! Carrie giggles. <laughs> I hate the word. Don't you have any friends that you can hook me up with? They're too old for you. I like older women. Maybe, maybe my friend Miranda. When? Tomorrow night, we're all going to this, downtown to this club. Chaos. Great. I think I've been there, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Great, don't tell her I'm nice. (laughs) Skipper takes a big sip of his latte and looks up with foam all over his lips. What a goofball, you know that guy? Interior, Kara's apartment later. Miranda was going to hate Skipper. She'd think he was mocking her with his sweet nature and decided he was an asshole. My phone rings. Carrie's phone rings. (laughs) (laughs) And she walks around the apartment trying to find it. The way she decided all men were assholes. Hello? The conversation takes place switching between Carrie 
in Charlotte's apartments. Hey, Carrie, it's Charlotte. Hey, sweetie. Hey, look, I can't meet you guys for dinner tomorrow night because I have an amazing date. Oh, with who? Capote Duncan. Ever heard of him? Ping pong table. Uh, <laughs> he's supposedly some big shot in the publishing world. Do you know him? I'm speaking to camera. Did I know him? He was one of the most city's most eligible bachelors. Wait, don't even answer that question because frankly, I don't care. And another thing, I'm not buying into any of that men having or women having sex like men crap. To camera. I didn't want to tell her about my afternoon of cheap and easy sex and how good it felt. To Charlotte. All right, listen, have a good time and promise to tell me everything. Well, if you're lucky, bye. All right, bye. <laughs> Interior, club chaos. Later. Shots of cool people in chaos. That's weird. Friday night at chaos. It was just like that bar in Cheers where everybody knows your name, except here they were likely to forget it five minutes later. What's your name? We find Carrie and she waves to someone. Still, it was like the creme de la creme of New York, whipped into a frenzy. Sometimes you got a souffle, sometimes cottage cheese. <laughs> I just do not remember these lines. Of oh, my gosh. <laughs> Cut to Miranda and Skipper sitting at the bar. Uh, it's like a model bomb explode in this room tonight. Is there a woman here aside from me who weighs more than 100 pounds? I know. It's like Undereaters Anonymous. <laughs> That's funny, Skippy. <laughs> Skipper. I have this theory that men secretly hate pretty girls because they feel like they're the ones they rejected them in high school. Right. But if you're not part of the beauty Olympics, you can still become a very interesting person. Are you saying that I'm not pretty enough? No. 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 Of course you are. So ipso facto, I can't be interesting. Women either fall into one of the two categories, beautiful and boring or homely and interesting. Is that what you're saying, Skippy? No, that's not what I meant. Excuse me. Is this your hand on my leg? No. All right, let's just keep them where I can see them, all right? Well, I guess you must find me beautiful or interesting. Miranda takes a sip of her drink. Skipper looks shell-shocked. She'd be a great governor one day. (laughs) All right. right. Here we go. Cool. Wow. There's some some great solid lines in there. Yeah, that club really did seem like cottage cheese. Cottage cheese thing. That was the weirdest line. This is really bumping on a Tuesday night, you know? Have um, you really been to Club Chaos? No, I think it was basically a... Uh, I did go to a club called Chaos in Cancun. Anyone been? Um, but no, in Manhattan, in those times, like when I moved here in 2007, it was there was clubs that were like that. Marquee. I was pretty good at Marquee. I have, a, I have an honest question. Is the club scene different? I feel like in the show, that was a, like, am I just a person that doesn't go to clubs or do people still go to clubs? Um, Is anyone you here are, go to clubs? No. We're at the Bell House. They're they're, they're, they're watching a Sex and the City podcast on a Tuesday night. Someone's like, what? This is a marquee? (laughs) I'm so old that I'm referencing a club that's probably closed. I don't know if I've ever been to a club. I went one time with like Let's go after this. You guys all want to go? There was one. No, there was one um, at Van Damme and and Varick. And there there was a bunch of plants in the front. Oh, yeah. I thought that was like a sweet green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks... No, like- but I know what you're talking about. That was like right near my old office. But I went with... I went Great with- salads there. I Love the with- cottage cheese. <laughs> they have 
great quinoa. Mm-hmm. They, um, I went there once with my my friend Chris, who was a model, and he was like, "Hey, you want to come to this place tonight?" And I was like, "Sure." I was he was I was clearly the skipper of the situation, and I went there. And I had never known what bottle service was, but I saw it there and I was just like, wait, all this is free? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, all of it's free. And then I went in to like go pour myself something and one of the other guy models was like, hey, you have to, like, this isn't yours. I'm like, I'm with him. He's like, really, you are? And I was like, oh, I don't want to go home. It's yeah. like Under Eaters Anonymous here. They're I like, are you the bathroom attendant? <laughs> yeah. They're like, do you Where, have a can you, I can have? Do you have your, where are the paper towels? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we have uh, something else that's very special. We do have something else. Before, before we, uh, we Shanae, can you stay out here for the rest of the show? Sure. Okay, great. Awesome. Everyone give Shanae Alexander Woo! a hand. She's going to stay out. We do have something very special. Yep. So I guess we should tell, I think we can say this. Yeah. yeah. Before the show, um, we had, you guys know delish.com, the website? You guys seem like a bunch of foodies. Uh, Delish.com is doing a web series, and they did. They got in touch with us to do a web series about our podcast, and they wanted to make a cake based on Sex in the City and based on our podcast. So we met with them. Uh, we we talked to them like a week ago, and there's a baker here in Brooklyn, and she made a Sex in the City themed cake, and it is going to look incredible. I think. Yeah. So we. Do you guys want to see the cake? Yeah. Well, hold on. Before, before, before we, we do the cake. I would love to hear what, what the audience would want a Sex and the City themed cake to yeah, yeah. be. Any, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Any other ideas? Can we have a bunny rabbit Who's in the crowd? That? Anybody else? <laughs> Anything else? Manolo. A Manolo. Manolo. Yes. Good there, one. Oh, there we go. Any, any other? A, a, a penis. penis. A, penis. <laughs> a rabbit is kind of a penis. Carrie in the new Carrie dress. Carrie in the new dress. Carrie in the new dress. Mm. Look at the Carrie necklace. Ooh, That'd be a good one. That's a great one. All right. Well, are are we ready to see it? I think we. I yeah, think we should see it. All right. See it. Why don't we uh, put our hands together? This is our this is our, our erotic sex in the city. Everyone, thing, welcome everybody. Maria Nitti from Isabella's Creations. All right. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my gosh. What the heck? Look at that thing. Is oh. that is that usable? That thing is. <laughs> Maria, Maria, can you, you get on the, the microphone mic? real quick? So, Everyone, welcome Maria Nitti. She made the cake. Um, so wait, you? What's we up? when we we got the rabbit, but what else is on here? This is this, this is, is incredible. There's more than just that. Well, you mentioned Samantha and her boyfriend, so this is a little Twinkie. Oh yeah, we did talk about. There's an episode at the end of. There's an episode near the Samantha's in a relationship with a guy with a really small wiener. And we talked about that in the consultation. So there's a Twinkie. There's a Twinkie. There's a Twinkie. And the and there's a, shoe. And there's a Manolo. A Manolo. Manolo. Great job. Is, Great that job. A, is that edible? Is the shoe edible as well? Everything's edible. Everything's edible? Everything's edible. Wow. Do, does a rabbit have that much girth? <laughs> I don't know. Do you want That looks so painful. you. <laughs> it just does. And then, there's, and then you can't see, but there is, is that the, the season one DVD? Yes. And the season one DVD sex and see, also edible. Also edible. Unbelievable. One last question. What What's the weirdest thing you've ever had to cook? Is this it, or is there something that tops this? No, no. I've been doing this for 10 years, so. What, what is it? I what's have the weird... stories for days. Let's hear one. <laughs> well, yeah, can do we you have one? one? 
Um, there was a gentleman that called me who wanted to surprise his fiance. Never a good idea. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. And then I got a text message and I looked at it and said, ooh, it's his penis. <laughs> what? Yeah. And then, and then, and then he wanted me to write surprise on the base of the cake. I, I don't make this up. I what a long, elaborate con to send a picture of your penis to a woman. <laughs> Here's the deal, I want a cake made. Yeah. What's your yeah. number? Yeah, he was like, can I send you a picture? I was like, you can email it. He was like, well, I don't have email. Can I text it? I was like, oh, no. Okay, and, and I, was, I looked at my husband. I was like, yeah, you can take this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you for not yeah. making that cake for us. No, 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 I wouldn't do that. No, this is it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, well, this is great. Should we, uh, we can... You we, can chop it up, matter of fact. Can we, we cut it? Oh my can we God, cut it now? now? See it. Awesome. Does anyone want to hey, anyone anyone come piece? up and try a piece of the... Come on up. You want to try a piece of the cake? The thing about a show is you want to have a thing in the middle where the entire audience gets up and walks to eat a bunch of things to just break up the flow. You know, comedy is about timing. You just want to stretch the timing way out. Okay, we'll do the rest of the cake after the show. Did anyone get a picture of that? Good God. Picture bachelorette party. Okay, cool. Let's keep going. We have we have more show to get to. We more things more. to give out. All right. Okay. Oh yeah, this is Ooh, a, this is this a, great, is a, this yes. a good this is a good one. one. So here's the question. Name two out of the four other shows that were nominated for best comedy series in the year 2000, the first year that Sex in the City was nominated. Name two. Okay, now hold on. Raise your hand. That's your fault. That's your fault for not specifying, first of True. all. We have we have someone right here. We have someone in the front. Front row. Okay, what's you, your answer? <laughs> Back there, you. Will and Grace and Frazier is correct. Oh man. Um, would you like to win a prize? All right. Come oh on up. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh. Wait, what? Moonlight. I totally moonlighted you. Oh no. Oh, here, come here, come here. Did you get any cake? Oh wait, I did moonlight you. You did okay. moon you double moonlighted double moonlight. her. I did, I did, did uh, it was Will and Grace, Everybody Loves Raymond, Frasier, Friends, and Sex and the Okay, All so right. she got two. Come on up. You won. You won. Yeah, you got it. You got it. What does she win? She wins the tip of the rabbit cake. She wins no. The no. No. She wins. Yes. A rabbit. Yes. A rabbit. Yes. So we. <laughs> I did open that up and check it out backstage. She might want to wipe it down. <laughs> so we have some friends at the Pleasure Chest, which is the sex shop in the show, and they gave us a rabbit. And I've never felt more awkward on stage. At least Giving your that mom's out to not a here. nice person that paid to come here. All right. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. We're going to bring out. Another guest. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to bring up another guest. Um, our next guest is a New York Times best-selling author, and she just released a book about Sex and the City. It's called Sex and the City and Us. Everyone, please put your hands together for Jennifer Cation Armstrong, everyone. Jennifer, come on up. Come on up. Welcome right to the stage. Grab a microphone. Cake. Would you like some rabbit cake? There should be a DVD portion of the cake still available. Uh, hey, welcome Hi. Welcome to the show. I was a little worried about 
following the cake. Following the cake. But and then you followed an actual rabbit. Yes, and yeah. and it's right here. Yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. It's it is sort of dis- I know it. I know it's a robotic penis, but it's it's sort of disturbing. Anyway. It is disturbing. <laughs> it's also got that like the one thing that's weird is like I know that's like not a hand, but it kind of just does seem like this robot hand. Like hello. <laughs> it looks like a crab is wearing a satin glove and is just gonna kind of <laughs> like get you. I don't I'm know. a fancy crab. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Come to bed, darling. Oh, you? <laughs> uh, Jennifer, um, anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. So you, I would say, uh, more, than, more than probably anyone on this show tonight, I would say you might know the most about sex in this Hold city. on. I've seen 14 episodes. Okay, my bad. <laughs> Would you say that's true? I I mean I'm always I always worry about saying that, but it, but I I did write a book about the show and spend a year researching it, um, and I have seen more than the first season. Okay. <laughs> so spoilers are allowed, by the way. We, I just, we say that to I, all our guests. I loved when I heard from these guys. I was like, oh my god, you have so much ahead of you. Don't you love that? You're just. I was like, so much goodness. That, that thing where you're like, oh, I wish I could be doing that for the first mm-hmm. time. It's so cool, you know. And like you really, I mean, if you like the first season your minds are going to explode later what, because it does, it gets better. Just don't watch a second movie. Don't ever, ever watch the really? second movie. Is there any second movie fans in the audience? Is anyone, anyone a second like movie it? fan? We have no. one. We have I've one. heard that, I've always, you're the first person that said that. I've always heard that it's like The Godfather, like the sequel is even better than the no, first one. No, you have not heard it's that. It's super racially insensitive. <laughs> who, who have you been talking to? Jennifer Hudson told me that. Why okay? do they hate you? <laughs> the first movie's okay. I just rewatched it recently and I actually found it like, a, I, I was like, oh no, this is, this is nice, but... Man, yeah, you guys have so much good stuff in oh, store man, for you. Oh, man, can't wait. I, I have a question. Like, so when you're setting out, because you one of your other books is Seinfeldia, mm-hmm. so you set out to write uh, a book about sex in the city, and what's, what is the angle of it? What do we learn from reading your book that we wouldn't if we just watched the show? So um, I write cultural histories of television shows. I'm sorry that I've developed this pretentious way of explaining it. <laughs> the other way I say it is it's kind of like here, a biography. We're here like, look, it's a, it's, a, it's a satin glove on a crab. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a doctorate or something like that. It's, a, it's, it's like a biography of a show is how cool. I kind of describe it. Um, and so I'm really interested not just in what goes on on the show and not even just I do some backstage stuff, but um, I'm really interested only in shows that kind of have lasting impact on our actual lives. Mm. So this one's called Sex in the City and Us because more than any other show that I've done or really I think any other show out there, this show had such an incredible impact on just like everyday life. Like the reason people still eat cupcakes is because yeah. of the show. People started going to brunch because of the show, but even more importantly, we started to talk about sex differently. Women definitely started to talk about sex differently. Um, the, it opened up whole new conversations where we could, we didn't even have to ta- say like, I personally am experiencing a problem with anal sex. We could just be like, oh, this happened on the show. Do you guys want to talk about mm-hmm. it? And it just really like, it's it's hard to even fully, I mean, <laughs> I tried in the book, mm-hmm. but you know, it's it it took 200 plus pages to to talk about the cultural impact of the show, and I even start out talking about my own story of having essentially um, ended my engagement partially Im- inspired by watching uh, the television show while I was moving to New York City with my ex fiance. Wow. wow! Yeah, can you tell it? Like, were you <laughs> yeah, guys tell watching? Tell us more about tell this painful memory. Were you watching that. the show while you did it? Yeah, um, it was right in the middle of the show's real. Not, not. I wasn't literally. You weren't live. literally. That would, wouldn't that be amazing if you're like 
could you just move? Okay, I, I, I'm gonna go. But wait, what's and Carrie doing? Is done. she is she with Big now? Um, no, I. That's better than when Skipper <laughs> broke up with a girl during sex. Yeah. You know, like it's. You haven't gotten to the post-it yet. I was gonna say I'm loving the like super Skipper heavy show here tonight because they're because <laughs> they're only in season one. It's like let's talk more about Skipper and Capote Duncan. I've never heard the word Skipper and Capote Duncan more. Well, you came to the right place. Than, than here and I wrote a book about this show and I still didn't hear it that much. They're really getting their moment. Um, yeah, it's like really. I'm, and by the way, I just want to tell you also. I believe it was Cosmopolitan Online. They just re- they interviewed me about the book, but they also this girl who interviewed me was like, oh, and I'm also doing a piece about like whatever happened to Skipper. And she did do this piece that she also interviewed me for. Gas sex commercials, I don't right? know the answer yeah. per se, but the, it was, the idea was kind of, I mean, spoiler alert, he sort of just disappears after season one. Dang it. Um, and and so it they did Let's this whole home. like wither skipper um, piece on Cosmopolitan. I think I, I, we've been looking for a goal with this podcast. And I think we found it. We're going to write the tales of Skipper. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Sex All and fiction skipper. is really hot right entire now. Season, entire show from the perspective of Skipper. Skipper Johnston and us. Because <laughs> if you think about it. That's, you guys, that's actually my next book. <laughs> skipper, jo- he was a web designer. So he's kind of the future of the show. Nice. He's kind of the future of everything. This is like, this is like an even more down market version of the Steve-only bus tour that Amy Schumer had. My favorite sketch of all time. Like, I cry every time I watch it. I don't know. It just kills me every time. Like, we couldn't afford the real one. We're just, this is only Steve-related sites. (laughs) Sex in the City. I have a, so you wrote Seinfeldia Mm -hmm. and Sex in the City and Us. So I, even though I've seen every episode of Seinfeld, even already, I feel like Seinfeld could be, this could get, it was an awesome, I feel like it could Careful. be placed in another city and it would still be a similar show. Like, mm. I feel like it's, Sex maybe that's because it's not, it's not on real location. Mm. It's not on real I, location. No, I, that's Ooh. why you're saying that. I get you that. You think there's a soup Nazi in Cleveland, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> there might be now because he, he did franchise. Oh. But um, no, I see what you're saying because they really, I mean, the thing that Sex and the City did that I talk about in the book is that, you know, they kind of really brought filming of TV shows mm-hmm. to New York City and everybody who came out now it's like every block like everywhere I try to go in my life it's somebody's shooting something but back then they didn't people didn't shoot in in real New York City mm-hmm. so Seinfeld I mean there's a lot of New York feeling to that you know there's the stuff about like the Chinese restaurant that won't um deliver to the other side of the street so mm-hmm. Elaine goes and hides in like yeah. a broom closet like that's a very you know New York thing however they still drive around a lot in cars mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. drove me bananas yeah and yeah you can tell that it's not real whereas like sex in the city part of the reason I think it's it's spawned things like the bus tour and all of this stuff is people can really go to the locations and you also just felt like it was real because they were you know when I mm. moved here and was watching the show, one of the big things was like, I would literally just watch the show that week and then be like, okay, we all have to go to Sushi Samba now because right. that's what they yeah. did, which is so lame. And I it's know. terrible. And yeah, so many of the places <laughs> terrible were, were terrible. But it was when I was, when I came here, it was 2001, you know, we didn't Yelp. We didn't just Yelp on our phones or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like all I had. And I was like, came from Chicago. I was like, where do I go? So that's what I did. And so, you know, it really like, there was something about, and it, it and the city, you know, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a huge part. There's sex and there's the city. Those are the two big parts of the show. And they always say that the city is the fifth character, you know? So I always thought they said Skipper was the fifth character. <laughs> 
so weird. He's more like the eighth, because then they're like <laughs> fashions the sixth character. Yeah. Like there's so oh, many God. things. But do you, yeah. do you have one favorite location that's still around? Like if you like mm. that's like it's still legit. It's still like the mm. absolute best. No. Mm. Magnolia. No. Magnolia. Um, if you went to Net Magnolia, what would you get? I mean, I've gotten the cupcakes before, uh-huh. but I've been there a number of times yeah. lately. So I'm I'm all set with cupcakes and Cosmos currently in my life because like literally everywhere what? I've gone for the past sugar. week, yeah, <laughs> yeah, someone's like, "Look what I got!" I'm the first person to think of this, and I'm like, "Oh, great, yay!" <sighs> but it's nice. I mean, it's it's amazing that there's these things that are so clearly identified with the show mm-hmm. yeah. that you could immediately like you just like shoes, cupcakes, Cosmos, all of those things are right. just instantly you know, instantly bring the show to mind. So it, it, it's an incredible economy, among other things. Yeah. We want to uh, we want to keep talking. We want to read a scene with you, but we actually want to get the rest of our guests coming out here and then do all the scenes okay. uh, together. But before that... Oh, who would like uh, one of Jennifer's books? Right. Raise your hand. I saw you a hand. Back, back there, back right. Um, out of the first 12 episodes, that's the first season... I think this is pretty ahead of their time. How many women were writers or directors in the first 12 episodes? These are hard questions. I, I will give you, I will give you, whoa, whoa, person. whoa. All right. I'll give <laughs> don't you, you don't options. you teach kids for a living, Kevin? <laughs> yeah. And I, you're I, terrible at running. This is how I talk to them. <laughs> All right. The answer is, or I will give you A, B, C, D, or D. A, B, or D. You, you did not improve. Or C. Is it three? Is it six? Is it seven? Or is it 14? Ooh. Mmm. Anyone else? Who said seven? Right there. The answer is seven. 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 So close. Seven. Thank you very much. Um, Will you stay out here? Sure. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, Kevin, you stay as well. Um, Let's bring out our next guest. So we uh, we have a guest on the show. We were really, really excited about this because the first, the episode that Shanae did with us was an episode called Secret Sex. And we found someone, we found an actress in New York City who was in Secret Sex, who was one of our favorite characters who we talked about throughout the entire episode. So everyone, please welcome Heather Barclay from Secret Sex, Sex in the City, season one, episode six. Straight from the cheese shop. Heather Barclay, everyone. Hi. Hi, Heather. Heather, get comfortable. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. All right, first question. What's your favorite cheese and why? (laughs) That's a tough question. (laughs) There you go. That's someone who loves cheese. You can't pick just one. I do love cheese. I I like blues. I like blues. That's great. I like blues. That's great. Um, So the the scene... I don't know if you guys are familiar or not, but there's a whole storyline. And, th- and this actually happens, I feel like, more in the earlier episodes of Sex and the City. I don't know because I've only seen season one. But it happens more where it focuses on these characters. And I don't know if you ever see the characters again, but it's like a whole storyline. And you're like a major storyline. And it's you and another guy mm-hmm. whose name is Mike Singer. And it's all about your He's romance. He's the sixth man on the basketball squad. He's the sixth man. Mike Singer comes in when Rich Stein busts his elbow, and they dunk on people at West Forth. So, but uh, but your character works in a cheese shop. Do you know what cheese shop that was? Murray's. It was Murray's. Okay, cool. Oh, I didn't Murray's realize it was Murray's cheese. I thought it was Murray's, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
And your character was a cheesemonger. I was a cheesemonger. Okay, great. I have a question. Do you have any, any, like, just because I feel like nowadays with podcasting, with, like, being able to talk to people about this, there's more, like, behind the, what was the audition Yeah, did you know it was going to be a big, like, a big, was it already a big cultural show at that point, or was it It was, like, when I was doing the show, it was nothing. It was, like, I was just going to an audition, and... I, I, people, even on the show, people were downplaying it, like that it wasn't mm-hmm. like, I can't believe I have to do this for money. Kind of the attitude oh my was God. like, wow. it was funny. It was really, and I felt that way. I was like, what am I, do- I actually, I actually quit acting right after the, the, the show. Really? It was like the end of pretty much the end of my career. Yeah. Like was it because of the show? I just, I thought I was selling out. Oh. <laughs> I didn't realize it, and I'm so happy that we got like the most punk rock person on the show. Yeah. That's awesome for doing selling out for doing TV. But you love doing... cheese. No, because I had to because I had to take my top off. I was in my oh. early 30s. Uh-huh. I had never had to do anything like that, and that was a big deal. Like with my manager, the guy that was got me the job. It was like I was like. And I was really just doing it for the money at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I felt like I was compromising myself a little bit. But in the end, uh, I was like a, also a party girl at that time. So I, I showed my tits all over town. <laughs> <laughs> You're a regular lady. Yeah. You're like a lady. <laughs> so my friends were like, you might as well get paid for That's it. So, so, like, and now smart. I feel like a sellout. <laughs> They're smart friends. I did. And, and then it turned out to be, it's been really cool because, I bartend. That's where I met you. Yeah, we met at, at where you bartend. At my no, I work at an, a hotel called the Novotel, and it's just like definitely my 15 minutes of fame because I quit acting right after that. But at least like every other week, somebody's coming up to me and recognizes me for that <laughs> oh, that's little fantastic. tiny part. But it's weird when your boss does, and they're like, because you know they saw your tits. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we're, we're, during the odd. when you filmed, were you just an actor, or were you doing other odd jobs was, and small I was jobs? An actress. Okay, that's what I was doing. I really wanted to do stage acting, but I developed really bad stage fright. So I really liked the television work, but it, at that point, it was very few and far between. And I, so I just I ended up getting married and having kids right soon after I did all that. So wow, that was it. Have your <laughs> have your kids seen the show? Um, no, no, okay. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. I mean, I would show it to them. They'd probably sure. get a kick of it. It just hasn't come up. Sure. It just hasn't come up. I'm sorry. I'm not talking into the mic. That's no, you're that's how much you gave up on acting. You're just like, <laughs> screw all of it. <laughs> Never happened. Um, well, we wanted to read your scene. Yes. If that, if that's cool. Okay. It's cool. Okay. I'm going to pass these out. This is your return to acting. <laughs> oh, like this yeah. is a big deal. You guys. I feel like this is going to be a story tomorrow. Your oh, witness is going to be like, when this, not tomorrow, but when this comes out, it's going to be like, everyone's like looking for their sex in the city, uh, little like tidbit to put on Cosmo. This is, this is a oh, story yeah. breaking. Current. I just so. think it's so cool. I just think it's so cool though, that you, when you were like, yeah, they, they made me take off my top. And I was like, oh, okay. That's a very vulnerable thing. And you were like, and I was just like, Man, I'm selling out. I'd rather show my tits for free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quitting oh acting. That's 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 awesome. All right, so we have three parts. Uh, you'll you'll play your character Libby. Uh, okay. Kevin, why don't you play Mike? 
Mike Singer. Mike Singer. Mike Singer. Ah, nice. You're a Mike Singer. <laughs> yeah. And do you want to do Carrie? I'll do the, the Carrie. I'll do the Carrie voiceover. And Jeremy, uh, of course, with the stage awesome. direction. I'll do that. Yeah. So what's happening in the show is that Carrie is out. At, I think Carrie meets you at a Chinese restaurant with Mike, and then she goes into your whole backstory. So we'll we'll start right after they've introduced you guys. Interior, small Manhattan cheese shop. Murray's, to be exact. It was about six months ago. Mike had been dumped by Fiona Maverick, a cellist from the Philharmonic, whom he was trying to forget as quickly as possible. They had both loved, they had both loved to cook, and shopping was a Saturday morning ritual. So he was feeling particularly vulnerable when... Camera reveals Libby, a clerk at the cheese counter. Libby is holding a big hunk of cheese. Care to try some cheese from the Tyrolean Alps? Thanks. Libby gives him a sample, and Mike tastes it. Mmm, it's good. It's made by monks. Trappist monks. <laughs> Gepo's cheese from the Napa Valley. Libby smiles and gives him another sample. It's delicious. It's a triple cream from France. She smiles and tastes her finger, looking at Mike. Interior Manhattan apartment. Libby and Mike fall through the door, kissing with passion. Mike found himself very <laughs> uninhibited. <laughs> they kiss to the living room, moaning as they go. Her tear, oh, he tears open. That <laughs> went a bad direction. Uh, he tears open her red top. She pulls his pants down, revealing blue boxers. They fall onto the bed, getting it on. <laughs> Since he didn't think Libby was particularly gorgeous, there wasn't any pressure. Mike and Libby are on the sofa, naked, only a small throw and some fabric covering them. The next morning, he woke up and felt at ease, very relaxed. I'm a creative director at that agency, but eventually, I'd love to have my own shop. I'd love to have my own shop, too. <laughs> well, cheese shop, I, I mean. <laughs> Fancy! Oh my gosh! Thank you for reprising your role. So the the scene, the the line in there that Carrie said, where it was like he didn't think she was particularly gorgeous. The whole story is like he's the Mike Singer guy is with you, and he's like doesn't think that. And then at the end, he tries to come back when they're seeing Carrie's uh, bus uh, bus poster, yeah. and then Libby has walked away and and dumps Mike Singer and dumps acting. Woo! Yeah. Quits acting. I, d I, loved, I just wanted to say that thank you guys. Cause like I, before, when you asked me to do this mm -hmm. episode, I was like, I was like, first I want to hear what they had to say about my episode. And you had a spin on it that I didn't take. And you kind of made me this like powerful woman in it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm doing the podcast. Oh, <laughs> thank you very much. Well, will you stay out here? We're going to bring out our last guest and then we'll do some more scenes. Awesome. Cool. All right. Our, um, our very uh, last guest uh, is uh, very exciting. I messaged her on Instagram. That's how we did, uh, we did most of our, our booking. We just texted friends and stalked people at bars, and <laughs> did whatever we could do. Um, but she is a fashion blogger, and uh, in her bio, she kept on coming up in our Instagram feed, and in our bio, it said Modern Day Carrie Bradshaw, and uh, she is a, a writer, and she's a fashion guru and an expert, and uh, we're really excited to have her. So put your hands together uh, for the creator of Making It in Manhattan, Caroline Vazana. Yay! Thank you for being here, Caroline. 
Come on up. Thank you for joining us. Of course. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Do you... Um, so, okay, this is my first first question. If you want to grab the mic, you can. Sure. Just make sure it's there. Um, why you say modern-day Carrie Bradshaw. Yes. Can you Why? Me? Oh, yeah, talk a little close. Get right up on that mic. Hello? There, there we, we go. go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it's actually kind of funny. I feel like the title kind of found me in a way. Mm -hmm. um, just being a writer and having sort of an eclectic, fearless sense of style. A lot of people would meet me. And also, I guess, like, I'm brunette. Both Sarah, Jessica Parker, and I have like longer, slender faces. Um, a lot of people would say, you really remind me of a modern day Carrie Bradshaw. Um, so there we go. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, you remind me of a modern day Carrie Bradshaw. So I just kind of coined the term for myself, um, especially as I started, you know, working on my first book that comes out this August. My publisher was like, you really are Carrie Bradshaw. I love Manolo's. I love, you know, it just, there's a lot of seamless things that fit. Um, and then funny enough, as I was researching one day, I found that Carrie's full name is Caroline Marie Bradshaw and my name's Caroline Marie Vizana. <laughs> so oh it's, it's kind of these weird coincidences that I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'm starting to believe what other people say I am. That's cool. That's you don't awesome. know a guy named Capote, do you? <laughs> stay away from ping pong. Stay away. Okay. I plead Don't the play ping pong. <laughs> Um, who, who would you say on the show, uh, what are like your favorite outfits? Like we only know season one mm -hmm. and <laughs> Shanae was They're like, not great. Season one. <laughs> <laughs> one is, the naked dress is amazing though. Naked dress. Yeah. Yeah. Any, every, that's funny. Every once in a while when we yes. watch an episode and like the bus goes by or like in the credits, like Corey sometimes will just be like, man, she, she looks, she looks great. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd never recall saying that, but uh, <laughs> oh, she oh, she does, she does. But uh. um, but are there any f uh, favorite like fashion moments in the series? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to pick from. Um, the newspaper print Dior dress is really is really iconic. <laughs> um, Do you know what's, what season? I'm so is glad that? girls are here. <laughs> she she wears it. It might be um, season three when she goes to talk to um, Natasha Biggs ex yes. oh. when she's having lunch. Um, she, Carrie wears that and it's just so iconic Carrie that that's what she would wear to go like apologize to someone's ex and it's like backless. It's so amazing. Um, and then in season six when she's in Paris, her looks, oh my gosh, that might be some of the best but um, it's really cool because you see Carrie grow and change and she's kind of this chameleon, I feel like, that can really wear anything and everything um, and is just so fearless. I mean, she really does not play by the rules and I love that about her so much. She really does not care what anyone thinks, even when she wears, you know, a bird on her head to get <laughs> married. So it's really great. Oh, spoiler. Wait, she gets married? Wait, what? <laughs> she puts a bird on her head? To whom? A real bird? Have you what? Not even I don't seen know that. Pictures? Do you, no. have a, do you have a specific accessory or fashion choice that you've made when you've thought of, like when you think of Carrie and you're like, I'm, I'm doing this because she empowered me to do something like that? Like, um, maybe not a bird, but you like carry a lizard in a backpack or something like that? Um, <laughs> I mean, I think there's so many different things, even when you're just like walking down a street of New York City and maybe you're not having the best day, but you just kind of like strut your stuff as if Carrie would do it. Um, but definitely I think w when I got, I 
okay, this is kind of, I guess, like another spoiler, but she gets this pair of iconic blue Manolos in the first movie um, that they're the like Manolo Hangisi with the buckle. Um, but I feel like after she she wore them in the movie, they really became this symbol of her and of love and just, you know, so I have a pair now and I feel like every time I wear them, I call them my carry shoes. So awesome. That's Aww. great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so one of our, there, someone that was on the cake. That, that was, was the shoe. Yes. 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 So it's now in Harlan's it. stomach. Yeah. Harlan <laughs> ate it. <laughs> How the heel like, is still over there. Harlan ate a Manolo flat. <laughs> Don't take him around your Manolos. He'll eat those too. <laughs> Can't tell the difference. Is there brown mustard to put on this or something? We, uh, <laughs> no cheese. <laughs> we, we've talked about Manolos a lot. First of all, we've talked about other guests. We don't know anything about fashion. Yeah, no. It's pretty clear. I but, get most uh, of my clothes from Costco. <laughs> That's season five, John. Head to Toe Costco, new podcast. Check it out. <laughs> uh, is there? They talk. You guys talk a lot about Manolos in the show. What about yeah. Christian Louboutin? Are those shoes? Um, do they? Are those insects in the city? So she buys a pair of um, a distinct pair of Louboutins when. Well, I'm gonna make another spoiler. Here's the thing: spoiler, 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 spoiler. We, okay. We've taken off statute she, limitations for spoilers. She, Go for um, it. when when Big leaves New York City and they have their final night together, she buys a pair of Louboutins and they get ruined. And you'll see what happens. Oh. It's really funny how they get ruined. And then there's just one other scene when um, Samantha is getting intimate with um, Richard, and um, she she slips off a pair of. Louboutins at a pool and you just see the red bottom but so I feel like um, <laughs> so we wanted to show you guys this Kevin's got ruined Kevin's just got like ruined. just like Carrie's they're, they're so trendy we, they're we felt like if you're listening right now on the podcast we all have red <laughs> poster yeah. board on the bottom of our shoes it they're actually really school legit. folders from legit. the 99 cent store next to my house <laughs> that I cut in the back so Real glamorous. You know, they did a good job. I knew there was something in the show with them. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. there's nods at Louboutin um, throughout, but I I definitely think Manolo was the. That was the one. Yeah. Okay, I have. Uh, so I creeped on your Instagram, and okay. you've met you've met SJP. Yes. Um, Scott Johnson um, Parker, not Sarah Jessica. <laughs> just kidding. Exactly. You met Sarah Jessica Parker, and yes. you met Patricia Field. Yes. Who was the costume designer for it? Yeah. I guess like interacting with them was that like how what was that experience like yeah so I connected with Patricia first um because I interviewed her for my site making it in Manhattan um I just you know she is the one who kind of created Carrie in a mm. sense I mean I guess both her and Sarah Jessica but her in sense of fashion choices and making her such a style icon so um Pat's really amazing she's so inspiring and so kind and so humble mm -hmm. you know you you talk to her about you know, dressing one of the most iconic characters, I think, in history. And she's just so nonchalant about it and so, so nice. And then, I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker is everything you would dream she is. She oh. she is just, you know, you, you feel like you're speaking to mm -hmm. Carrie Bradshaw awesome. in a way, which is really so nice because you sometimes meet people off screen. They're not what you think they mm -hmm. are. So um, she's just so, so lovely and, you know, has an amazing sense of style. And, you know, she has her own shoe line now. And um, her partner in the business is one of the higher ups at Manolo Blahnik. So no um, that's why the shoes are made so wonderfully and are, you know, you can see inspirations from Manolo's a little bit, but um, 
she she definitely is everything you'd hope and more. She's so amazing. That's awesome. Well, she's here tonight. Let's bring her out. Uh, actually, no. Uh, but we did want to read a scene. Oh, we're going to read two more no scenes. We want to read two this. more scenes. Wait, can, I, can I hack this real quick? Yeah. yeah. For one question? Yeah. Because it's 2018 and women get to ask questions whenever yeah. they want to. Yes. I would love to know from, because I know that I felt so empowered by Sex and the City when I was a, a younger woman. And I would love to know from the other women on the panel, kind of, what was what was something out of the show that made you feel empowered mm. as a woman that you don't think would have you would have felt outside of watching the show? Oh my gosh, I feel like there's a lot. Um, so for me, growing up, I actually wasn't allowed to watch Sex in the City at first. My my mom wouldn't let me because of the name, obviously. I don't even think she necessarily knew what it was about either. But one day, I was home alone and you know, my early teens and I saw the movie on TV and so I put it on and I watched the whole thing. So I really saw the movie first mm. before I binge watched the whole series. But in the movie when, you know, she confronts Big in the middle of the street in Manhattan after or before the wedding even happens and she's just, she's standing up for herself, you know, like Carrie and all of them really like they don't take things in silence. If something's upsetting them, they speak their mind and they make it known. And I, I think for me, being a young woman going into adulthood and watching it, I was like, you know what? I'm never going to put up with crap either. I'm going to speak my mind. And if something's upsetting me, I'm going to say so. So yeah. that was... But you, uh, we'll just go down the line. Heather, yeah. do you have an answer yeah. for that? Did you guys learn anything? I mean, I think... Can you I, talk I, a little bit closer? To I just like you can what take you it out. said. Yeah, you can take I it out too. Okay, can you hear me? Yep, I got you. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I never, like, I never really paid much attention to the show. I've never She's even like, seen I'm the out. movies. <laughs> Done selling out. But what I like was what you said about my character, or one of you said about my character, <laughs> yeah. that that just made me think, like, wow, like, you, it was a whole nother take, and now I actually want to go back and watch. Oh. Because now, I, I never thought of it as, the first season, I never thought of it as being, like, empowering for women. Mm. I never would have even, that would have not crossed my mind. I thought I was selling out. So I, I want to rewatch it. Like, oh, you've cool. inspired me to rewatch it. I, if, if, <laughs> if when we started this podcast, if someone was like, by the way, by the end of season one, someone from the show will tell you that you turn them back onto the show. <laughs> I'd be like, cool, we'll just quit after season one. Yeah, yeah we'll have a rabbit cake really on stage. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, yeah. yeah. Jennifer, what about you? I mean, I obviously told my biggest story, which is the part where I saw this vision of single life in the city and literally was like, I didn't do that yet because I was with my college sweetheart who I was about to mm -hmm. marry. And then I was like, oh, wait, one second, real quick. Let me do this other thing. But um, when you asked that, I thought of a specific episode. There's so many, but I thought of a specific episode, which is a woman's right to shoes. Right. Um, it's a good one. And specifically the idea of like, when she realizes that she's gone to all of these weddings yes. and baby showers and everything else. And she's like, screw that. I should be able to register for one thing, which is by the way, the thing that was already stolen. So it's not <laughs> even that big a deal. But, um, when she registers for those shoes, because that um, friend is being so judgy of her mm -hmm. life. And, and also just the idea there that's like, I chose not to have children or get married. So I also get to decide what I do with my money, which right. means I get to buy $400 shoes if I want. Um, that's that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't mean to say that 
$400 shoes are inherently empowering, but that idea of like, she made her own life. And even if it's a dumb decision, she gets to make it. Mm. It was, was Mm. a good one. So. What about you, Shanae? What about you, Shanae? Um, I grew up in Texas. So basically like you were married by your time or 23. And so I remember watching the show and being like, holy shit, there are like other options for women. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel like I wasn't caged in. I didn't know if I wanted their life, but it gave me an option to not only have the life that was presented to me in Texas. And so I think that was my like, like thirst for moving to New York city, because I was like, there are people that think beyond, um, this small kind of view of their own life at home. And those women, those people happen to be women. And I thought it was fucking awesome. And I love that they were like in their thirties and living their absolute best life. And I Mm -hmm. still look up to them. I still relate to them. And I think as women, whoever's here, I think we all find ourselves in those characters at different times Mm -hmm. in our life. And we're like, they are me and I am them. Um, so yeah, just super empowering. And mm. I just think it's touched every woman in a really kind of heartwarming, specific way. Yeah. Well, that's great. Ooh. Okay. So speaking of like, even from what Heather was saying, like looking at scenes one way, then looking another way, we asked you guys, what are some scenes you thought would be great to do? And there's a scene we're going to read now after we just talked about women's empowerment and looking at cool. the way. Woo. To be three guys hosting this show. Uh, this is a scene you guys picked, and uh, and it's a great scene. This is like one of my favorite scenes from all of season one. This is the back of the cab scene where they talk about the guy that. Uh, should I even like say what it is? I think you can no, set it up. I think you can set it up. Oh, I'll set it up. We need all. So, we need all the. We need. We need the, the four, four of you to play the ladies. One of, okay. one of the ladies. We're gonna be the ladies. Yeah. Why don't you get? You got it. Okay. She. Do you guys know who you're gonna be? I'm going to be Charlotte. You're going to be you're Charlotte. Charlotte. Shanae, I think you're, you need to be Samantha. Because you're dressed like Samantha in season five. Can you want to be Carrie? Yeah, I'll be right, Carrie. You, you Heather, can you be Miranda? Miranda? Awesome. All right. Okay, I so feel like Karen. we kind of matched our hair colors, you guys. I'll be cab driver. John will be the cab oh driver. Oh, my God, you're going to be the cab driver. Okay. And then so, who, who's reading, um, who's, like, cab driver turns around? Who's I'll, I'll be, uh, Jeremy will I'll read the, yeah, the stage directions. He'll read the stage directions. All right. Everybody ready? Let's do it. Interior, New York City taxi, evening. Okay, words are essential. Tell me every, tell me exactly how he worded it. We've been seeing each other for a couple of weeks. I really like you. Tomorrow night, after dinner, I want us to have anal sex. <laughs> Cab driver turns around suspiciously like, what? <laughs> okay, next stop is going to be 62nd and Madison. 62nd Madison? We're picking up Miranda. Oh, God, no. Yes, and then we're picking up Samantha. Oh, Carrie, no. Sweetie, listen. You need all the girl support you can get, and I'm late for drinks with Big. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Carrie, overvoice. Even in her state of abject blackness, Charlotte was a dating optimist. Miranda is magically now in the cab with him. (laughs) It all depends on how much you like him. A lot. Dating a few months until somebody better comes along a lot, uh, comes along, or marrying him and moving to East Hampton a lot. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, you better get real, get real, some real quick. You're scaring me. Don't scare her. It's all about control. If he goes up there, there's going to be a shift in power. <laughs> Either he'll have the upper hand, or you will. 
Now, there's a certain camp that believes whoever holds the dick holds the power, but... The cab driver turns around again like, <laughs> what? Hello, you're driving. <laughs> the question is, if it goes up your butt, will he respect you? Or, or more yet, will he respect or will he leave you? That's the, that's the issue. Carrie goes to light up a cigarette. Uh, uh, no smoking in cab. Carrie takes a drag off her cigarette. Sir, we're talking up the butt. A cigarette is in order. (laughs) Cut to Samantha is now in the cab, and all four ladies sit in the back seat. Front, back, who cares? A hole's a hole. (laughs) Can I quote you? Oh, don't be so judgmental. You could use a little back door. I'm not a hole. Honey, we know. Look, all I'm saying is it's a physical expression that the body, well, it was designed to experience. And P.S., it's fabulous. (laughs) What are you talking about? I went to Smith. (laughs) Look, I'm just saying, with the right guy and the right lubricant. All the girls but Charlotte laugh. Even the cab driver laughs. Then he slams on the brakes and the cab screeches to a halt. What was that? A preview. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're... Great job. I do feel like that scene is like a very memorable for the entire show. Yeah. yeah. It's a, that was like a... I mean, I literally talk about this in the book. It's like a turning point of the show. It's a very big... This was the first big like introducing of a sex act and then they all weigh in in their, like, Socratic dialogue-type mm-hmm. way. Yeah. So this was a really big deal. And also, New York City cab drivers will not let you put four people in the back seat. No. Yeah. So wait, that brings us to another quick point. And this, I, if you guys could each answer just quickly, we talk about this all on the podcast. What, in your opinion, is the most New York thing and the least New York thing? Because there's things like that where it's like, you know, they could have eight of them in a cab, and it's like, that never happens. So what do you think is the most New York? Like, we had said we think the... The most New York thing is when the you deli meet, line. The deli line. When you meet Miranda in episode one, she's standing in like one of those hot food deli lines with like oh, steaming like chicken that. wings yeah. and yeah. like vegetables and water in front of her. So that's very New York. But then also Carrie can buy all this stuff with her job and that doesn't seem like it's real. So we don't even have to go down the line, but if anyone just has one that you think is New York. And I New have York. one from later and you guys made me think of another Miranda one. She's so great for these. She has a lot of them. It's the one where the she feels like her Chinese delivery person who answers the <laughs> phone is judging her because she yeah, keeps yes. she keeps calling in with yeah. the same huh? order for one. And and the, the lady who answers the phone has this sort of maniacal laugh and she becomes convinced that this woman is laughing at her for being That's single. <laughs> and that feels like a really New York thing. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a story about a guy who ordered Domino's every week. It's not me. And uh, he, he didn't order it one week, and he had, like, a heart attack. And the Domino's guy went over there and found out that he had, like, some sort of illness. They oh saved God, his life. So oh, my God. Wow. I, I will say, I had, there's a taco Domino's place tracker. just down the street from here called so Reyes Grocery. It's amazing. And I live a block up from it. And I ordered tacos from there one time. They came in, delivered. And it was the guy, whenever I go in there... He was there. He knocked on the door. He's like, dude, what's up? And I was like, how are you? He's like, do you want a beer? He's like, yeah. He's like, I don't have a lot of time. He sat down. We watched basketball for a minute, talked, and then he just chugged his beer. He's like, I got to go. Thanks so much. And I was like, that's cool. That is pretty amazing. Shit women would never do. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, um, do you have, uh, Jennifer, do you have a trivia question you can ask? And, oh we'll, and we'll give this away. I this is no a little, idea. Uh, this is the rest of the little <laughs> gift package we got from the pleasure chest. So this will go out to someone who raises their hand and answers a question that Jennifer may have. And if you don't, then then I'll just I'll just give it to someone I'm, who this is, needs I'm some just going to tell you something that popped into my head. I, we're obviously talking about Miranda a lot and also sex toys. This might be too easy, but this is what I got. Um, which one of them is the one? Well, no, I can't do that now. Okay. I just gave it away. Sorry. Um, somebody, anybody, think of a trivia question. What's the best thing at Magnolia Bakery? Mm. That's a great that's one. A one. That's a great question. Thank you. There you go. Whoever said that, that wins. It's not the cupcakes. Correct. So let's read the scene, and then yeah. you get that prize. Whoever said that. Who, who you are you back there? You get whatever's in this bag. You're I in for a real well. treat, okay? That is another bag from the pleasure chest right there. <laughs> Sorry? I don't know. All right. You're welcome. I don't know. So we, ha we have one final scene for you, and then we have one last uh, surprise that we'll tell you after the scene is done. Did you guys have fun tonight? Thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you for coming. If you don't listen to the podcast, I don't know why you're here, yeah. but also please do listen to the podcast. Thank you for coming without listening to it. All right. It's just the Bradshaw boys, and uh, let's read this final scene. Karen, you're going to play Carrie. Kevin, you're going to okay. play big? I want to play big. Corey's playing big. I'm playing big. I'll play the limo driver. Okay. Okay, this is here what we, we go. Know. Exterior, Manhattan Street. Outside, chaos. Late night. Carrie stands outside chaos trying to hail a cab. Taxi, taxi. A cab flies by. Sorry, I'm doing two <laughs> things at once. And so, <laughs> and so another Friday night in Manhattan crept towards dawn. Taxi. And just when I thought I would have to do the unspeakable, walk home... A big black car pulls up and honks twice with Mr. Big in the back seat. Big rolls down the back window and looks at Carrie. Well, get in for Christ's sakes. <laughs> Carrie smiles and gets in the car. Where can I drop you? Um, 72nd Street and 3rd Avenue. Interior. Inside Big's limo. Continuous. Have you got that, Al? <clears throat> yes, sir. So, what have you been doing lately? You mean besides going out every night? Yeah, I mean, what do you do for work? Well, this is my work. I'm sort of a sexual anthropologist. Um, you mean like a hooker? <laughs> <laughs> they both smile? No. No, I write a column called Sex in the City. Right now, I'm researching an article about how women have sex like men. Big looks confused. You know, they have sex and then afterwards feel nothing. But you're not like that. Well, aren't you? <sighs> not a drop. Not even half a drop. <laughs> well, what's wrong with you? Big starts <laughs> laughing, then very seriously. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> You've never been in love. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A saxophone starts playing and everything goes slow-mo. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly, I felt the wind knocked out of me. I wanted to crawl under the covers and go right to sleep. The car pulls over. Carrie gets out. Thanks for the ride. Anytime. Carrie shuts her car door and walks away. Then suddenly, she turns back to the car and knocks on the window. Wait! Carrie knocks on the car window and it opens. Have you ever been in love? Big smiles.
Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you very much. Um, the answer to that last trivia question was, what's the best thing at Magnolia? And it is... Banana we have pudding. banana pudding for every single person here. So come up to the stage and get it. Thank you for coming. Hang out and have a drink with us. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time. Thank you to the Bell House. Thank you to our guests. Thank you to the Bell House. Thank you to all our guests. Take care. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at the Bradshaw Boys, and if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening.